0: What is going on, guys? Thank you so very much for joining me right here on Off The Script. This is your AEW Rampage and Friday Night Smackdown post-show for February 18th, 2022. I am your host, JD, from New York, and this is the OTS venue. Thank you guys so very much for joining me wherever you may be. On your Friday nights. The Elimination Chamber is tomorrow afternoon. I don't know how many of you people are excited for the Elimination Chamber. I know I'm not. It's a very predictable show. WWE is apparently promising twists and turns for tomorrow's Elimination Chamber. Apparently, Cody Rhodes was also photographed with a fan. In Poland, everybody's speculating that he may be on his way into the elimination chamber pay per view. So, I don't know what's going on with that. But SmackDown tonight, man, it was a tape show. It felt like a tape show. It sounded like a taped show. It looked like a taped show. Well, JD, how do you know it was taped? Well, I read the news that WWE actually made a logical decision. And had SmackDown taped last week after last week's show. J.D., how do you know it was taped? How do you know that the show sounded taped? Did you guys not hear all the piped-in crowd noise tonight? It was more than I've ever heard anything piped in before. J.D., how do you know it felt like a tape show? You could just get the sense of how things are filmed and how things are added later on in post-production with Michael Cole talking about whatever he was talking about tonight as far as Black History Month and then the Undertaker promo with the Hall of Fame announcement. SmackDown tonight largely was a showcase of nothing. That's all it was tonight. Ivar versus Jey Uso, which I told you was going to happen last week because this is Bruce Prichard 101 booking You're not going to get anything past me, Bruce. You're not going to get anything past me. I see it. I know. I've been watching you since I was four years old, bro. Give me a break. I know you better than you know you. Jay Uso versus Ivar of the Viking Raiders. Riveting television. My goodness, man. I mean, listen, go out and watch it, man. You missed a fucking classic between those two. We had a contract signing tonight with Ronda Rousey. Rowdy Ronda Rousey who apparently hates us fans because we do do not like her and don't want her here. So she is desperately wanting to be a heel, but she has to play a babyface in the WWE universe. Rowdy Ronda Rousey and Naomi. They will be teaming up in Saudi Arabia against Charlotte Flair and Sonya Deville. This match was made last week. The contract was signed this week. And WWE is adding the stipulation... Of Ronda Rousey must wrestle with one arm tied behind her back. I wish I could watch SmackDown with both of my eyes sewn shut. Because the show sucks. Boring. Absolutely boring. And who's going to win that match? It's Ronda's first match back in WWE. My God, man. Who's going to win it? Huh? Huh? And we had Ricochet and Sheamus again, again, from January 1 of this year, we've seen Sheamus and Ricochet in a ring together every single Friday night smackdown. But I'm supposed to sit here and accept what they give us on television. It was easily the best thing of the night, but let me tell you something, guys. I think I'm over Ricochet and Sheamus feuding over absolutely nothing, trading wins back and forth. I'm tired of the Sheamus and Ridge Holland pairing, which was only the case because they're both Irish. They have nothing to do with each other. They're both Irish. Bruce is like, hey, Vince, how how about we team up Sheamus and Ridge Holland? Ah, that's a great idea, Bruce. We'll give him something to do, that Ridge Holland boy, and then we'll get rid of him because he's NXT. Boring. Absolutely boring. And then we got a face-to-face with Bill Goldberg and Roman Reigns. Oh, my God, man. Oh, my God, I am... Gleaming with excitement, man. Oh, my goodness. I'm horny with excitement over Bill Goldberg and Roman Reigns, man. Jesus fucking Christ. If you looked at this segment tonight and got excited about any of it, I would, I would honestly be worried about your mental health. I really would. Absolutely nauseating television. Nauseating. Nothing about this show stood out. Even the Sami Zayn And Shinsuke Nakamura match, man. All I was doing during the match was thinking about how great, how classic their TakeOver Dallas match was, right? Remember that when Shinsuke Nakamura made his triumphant debut in WWE? Such a big deal. Sami Zayn's last match in NXT. They tore it down in Dallas at TakeOver, man. One of the best matches that WWE's ever produced. And then I watched this match tonight, and I'm asking myself, what happened to these guys all these years since that match? Why is this the same match that we got then? And why is it so fucking boring? It's Bruce Pritchard 101. SmackDown sucks. Every week, it sucks. AEW Rampage, Adam Cole, and number 10 of the Dark Order. That was the open of the show tonight. Very good. Jay White closed the show against Trent Beretta. Very good. Jay White is fucking fantastic. Trent Beretta is also great. We got Revolution coming out as one of the best paper views on paper that I've honestly have seen in many, many, many years. Revolution is shaping up to be an absolute fucking top to bottom banger, man. And we're not even done putting matches on that show. They haven't even officially announced Brian Danielson versus. John Moxley for the show. Thunder Rosa versus Britt Baker for the AEW Women's Championship. Adam Cole versus Adam Hangman Page for the AEW World Championship. We're getting a triple threat match for the tag team championships that will be determined next week. We haven't even gotten Sammy Darby and Andrade announced yet for the TNT Championship. We got that face of the revolution ladder match. MJF versus CM Punk in a dog collar match. Eddie Kingston vs. Chris Jericho more than likely will be added to the show, man. This show is absolutely fucking stacked. But then you hear on social media, if you venture off into social media land, AEW's dead. The ratings were down. They're in the mud. They're dead. They're failing. They're not seeing a profit. People don't realize what's going on. They only care about what's. Narrative they're pushing out to their fucking brain-dead ghoul fan base. AEW is doing just fine, man. Again, I say it, I'm going to say it every week. I didn't know Tony Khan needed so many financial advisors. Really, I. it's amazing to me, man. I, I would love to see these people's credentials, man. Seriously. I would love to see what these people do for a living. One's probably flipping burgers at fucking Wendy's. The other one's probably stocking shelves At Stop and Shop. And these guys are people. These people are giving Tony Khan financial fucking advisement on how much money he needs to spend and who he should go out and sign and what he needs to do to fix the show. Give me a fucking break. We're going to go over that. I also got news on The Undertaker. Undertaker is being inducted into the Hall of Fame. I have absolutely no problem with this. It's the most stupendous WrestleMania of all time. What did you guys expect? We will talk about that and what the official announcement was. Today, and who I think should induct The Undertaker into the Hall of Fame. Also, WWE may be bringing back Saturday night's main event. I don't know why, but I could probably think of one very good reason why they may be bringing back Saturday night's main event. Because AEW does Saturday night shows called Battle of the Belts. They want to actively compete on Saturday night now as well. But, you know, AEW's not competition, right? And AEW's in the mud. But here WWE is trying to resurrect a old concept, just like AEW has resurrected the Battle of the Belts, which was an NWA thing back in the day. It's great, but they're not competition. News on Asuka, she's set to return from injury at the end of February. And I also have news on The New Day being canceled On WWE television, we may not even be calling them the New Day anymore. Why? I don't know. I have no fucking idea. All that coming up right here on Off the Scripts. I don't know if you guys noticed, but I do have a new microphone. Let me know how I sound. This is the new Earthworks Ethos microphone. I have put my road into semi-retirement, man. I'm selling my Shure SM7B for this bad boy right here. Let me know how I sound, man. If I sound any better to you, do I sound a lot more crisp, a lot more clear? Let me know what you guys think down below. I'll tell you what, man. With the venue behind me, the sleekness and the sexiness of this guitar go perfect with the OTS venue, man. So thank you guys for all of your support. Follow me on social media at JDFromNY206. That is on Twitter and Instagram. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for all notifications. You guys know the deal with that. Hit that thumbs up. I see 439 likes on the live stream. I have to ask a very, very important question. Something that WWE usually doesn't answer when they're telling storylines. Why? Why do I see only 441 likes on the live stream, man? We got 1,500, 1,600 now in the venue. Why? I need 1,000 likes, minimum. So make sure you guys go out there and hit that thumbs up. Get those Super Chats in. I see some of you guys already partying it up in the venue with the Super Chats. Get those Super Chats in. We'll hang out at the end of the show, as always. Also, join the VIP club here on Off the Script. You guys get to sit back there with me and drink the finest of cold beverages. You also get those emotes in the chat to use every single day. During the live streams, during the podcasts, and also you guys get those badges next to your name to show off your VIP status. So hit that join button down below underneath the video player, and you guys will be walking in to the venue a VIP. I will be live tomorrow afternoon. The podcast will be set up immediately once this show is over. I will be live tomorrow afternoon for the Elimination Chamber pay per view. Right here from the OTS venue. It will be happy hour. So make sure you guys join me tomorrow afternoon. If you're not watching it, don't worry about it. I will have you covered. So set your notifications when you see that bad boy in your sub boxes. Elimination Chamber live stream tomorrow afternoon. OTS 414 and 415. As well as the major live stream with Cody Rhodes leaving AEW. All of that. Plus, all the live streams this week are on the homepage. Go and check them out. I've been busy every single day on the channel, so make sure you guys go and do that for me if you missed any of the contents right here from Off The Scripts. Also, go get your t-shirts. Bonfire is the official home of Off The Scripts, and today's show is sponsored by my great friends over at Manscapes. Manscaped.com They have their new Ultra Premium Collection What is the Ultra Premium Collection JD? Don't worry about it We'll be talking about my good friends over at Manscaped A little bit later on in the show Manscaped.com You guys are going to use code SCRIPT20 For 20% off and Free shipping On me, that's Manscaped.com And I want to thank them For once again, supporting the podcast right here on Off The Script. Let's start with the news, guys, because the news is more entertaining and more interesting than SmackDown was tonight. We'll start at the top with The Undertaker. The Undertaker is being inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame, and I'm very happy to hear that. In fact, I would make The Undertaker the only induction into the Hall of Fame this year, and I would give him the entire hour to go over stories, tell us tales that we haven't heard ever before, to have people come up on stage and say all these great things about The Undertaker. It should honestly be a one-man show this year. But the WWE today, via the New York Post, or I believe it was the Daily News, one of them. It was all over the place. New York Post, Daily News, USA Today, the Today Show, everywhere. ESPN, Bleacher Report. The Hall of Fame ceremony is getting The Undertaker Friday, April 1st from the American Airlines Arena in Dallas, Texas, and that will air live on Peacock after Friday night SmackDown. WWE is offering two-for-one tickets that will include both SmackDown and the Hall of Fame ceremony. These tickets will go on sale Tuesday, February 22nd. Taker will be appearing And making the rounds, doing PR for the WWE to discuss his upcoming Hall of Fame induction. Taker, you guys know what The Undertaker means to all of us that grew up in that beautiful period of professional wrestling. That beautiful period of WWF television. I'm not going to tell you guys everything about The Undertaker. I'm not going to sit here and go over my favorite matches and my favorite moments. It's something that would probably take longer than me reviewing both of these shows tonight. But I will say this. Not only is it deserved, but it is a long time coming. The Undertaker is the absolute most deserving of anybody to be in the Hall of Fame that you could possibly think of at this stage that isn't in the Hall of Fame. He may be the greatest of all time. If he's not the greatest of all time... He's absolutely in the top three. The Undertaker is the most iconic figure in all of this sport of professional wrestling. I grew up watching The Undertaker from day one to where I sit now, doing off the script for you guys every single week. And I could absolutely tell you with a straight face that as long as you and I, wherever you may be in this chat, listening to me in the car tomorrow morning on the way to work, You're watching this after the show gets published to YouTube on Sunday morning. I can tell you right now with a straight face that there will never be another Undertaker as long as we are on this planet. It will never be replicated. It will never be seen again. What that man did will never be duplicated, ever. He is the greatest that has ever done it. He's number one to me, and number two in my generation is Shawn Michaels. Bret Hart would probably be number three to me. That's my opinion. He is Vince McMahon's greatest creation outside of WrestleMania, and a lot of people were making a discussion today. Who should induct The Undertaker into the WWE Hall of Fame? If it was Paul Bearer, if it was Paul Bearer being alive today, Number one, no question. God rest his soul. Paul Bearer was such a beautiful act that complimented The Undertaker every step of the way, every step of the way. You could not find a better person than Paul Bearer to be there with The Undertaker, manage The Undertaker, be that, that compliment to The Act. Paul Bearer would be my, my, not my number one, but he's not, he's not here with us, unfortunately. Vince McMahon's name was thrown around. I would say yes to Vince McMahon, but Vince McMahon doesn't like appearing on stage at the WWE Hall of Fame for one reason or another because he doesn't like to be seen or heard or stand in front of the Mark fans that usually attend the WWE Hall of Fame. Vince McMahon could absolutely do it. I don't think Vince McMahon's going to do it. Kane would be another one. I think Kane would be a great choice for The Undertaker and inducting him into the Hall of Fame. I don't think Kane and The Undertaker really are one of my favorite storylines in the annals of the WWE career of The Undertaker, but Kane was a very important figure in The Undertaker's journey and probably the best debut by any professional wrestler in the WWE of all time. Kane just destroying that first Hell in a Cell cage and then staring The Undertaker down, ripping the door off of its hinges. Absolutely fucking incredible, man. I would go for Glenn Jacobs, but I would not put Glenn Jacobs as my number one. If it is Glenn Jacobs, I could understand why, but I'm not going to go with Glenn Jacobs. It could be Bruce Prichard. Nobody wants Bruce Pritchard to induct The Undertaker. I mean, give me a break. Oh, no! brother love brother love brought the undertaker to the WWF along with Ted DiBiase right now we don't want to see that it's not going to be Bruce Prichard what about Shawn Michaels HBK I could see it being Shawn Michaels Shawn Michaels and the undertaker have the greatest WrestleMania match of all time also again Like I said with The Undertaker, never being replicated or duplicated. That match that they had at WrestleMania 25 will never be duplicated. A lot of people were asking me, J.D., why do you love WrestleMania 25's match with The Undertaker and Shawn Michaels more than WrestleMania 26? Some people actually prefer 26 over 25. One simple answer to that question. Jim Ross. Jim Ross and the crowd. Jim Ross and the crowd that night made that match, most notably the front row. Those guys in the front row were fucking highly entertaining during that match, man. They were, they were nail-biting all through those near falls. Jim Ross was incredible. He, his voice added so much to that match, and, and Jim Ross called that match because The Undertaker requested him to call that match. And, and I'm glad that decision was made. Jim Ross calling those those false finishes off the super kick and the tombstone and the last ride. I mean, you, you don't, you don't get any better than that. Absolutely incredible. The greatest WrestleMania match of all time. And nothing comes close at WrestleMania. Nothing. Nothing. 26 was good, but. The story being told and the final chapter being told in the voice of Michael Cole did not really resonate with me like it did Jim Ross. The guy that I nominate to induct The Undertaker into the Hall of Fame may not be on your list at all. I didn't see his name being thrown around out there at all when this question was asked on social media. I would actually nominate as my number one to induct The Undertaker Mick Foley. I would say Mick Foley is the number one man, in my opinion, to induct The Undertaker. Because up until that point, when Mick Foley first came into the WWF as mankind, that was the start of The Undertaker's greatest rival in his entire 30-year career. Shawn Michaels was incredible as his rival. Shawn Michaels and The Undertaker actually started the Attitude Era. I'm not really sure you guys are aware of that. Everybody points to the Austin 316 promo. Everybody points to Austin himself, right? Starting the Attitude Era. It was The Undertaker and Shawn Michaels who started The Undertaker. If you guys remember in 1997, during that WWF Championship match in New Jersey with The Undertaker and Bret the Hitman Hart, where Shawn Michaels was the referee, that match started The Attitude Era. The greatest ending to a WWF championship match in the history of WWE was that match. Not only was it that, it started the feud of The Undertaker and Shawn Michaels that we saw build up all the way to WrestleMania 26. Bret Hart was a part of that as well, so you got to include Bret Hart. Bret Hart, The Undertaker, and Shawn Michaels started the Attitude Era. I don't want to hear anything from anybody. It wasn't Austin 316, it wasn't Stone Cold, it wasn't The Rock, it wasn't Vince Russo, it wasn't Vince McMahon, it wasn't Mike Tyson, no. It was The Undertaker, Shawn Michaels, and Bret the Hitman Hart. Mick Foley is The Undertaker's greatest rival. They have absolutely just memorable moment after memorable moment, match after match after match. Neither one of those guys together ever had a bad match, ever. I nominate Mick Foley. It just makes sense. It really does. Who's the one guy that brought The Undertaker to... I would say... Brought The Undertaker back down to humanity. Who who, who humanized The Undertaker? Any more than Mick Foley? Nobody. Nobody. I'm I'm nominating Mick Foley. That's just me. You guys may see different. Vince McMahon, Kane, Shawn Michaels, Bruce Pritchard. His wife, right? It could be a collection of all of them. It could be a collection of all of them. I I see why some people would choose those names over Mick Foley, but I'm going with Mick Foley. Undertaker absolutely deserves it. The greatest of all time. The greatest of all time. WWE is bringing back Saturday night's main events, supposedly. WWE is slated to bring back Saturday night's main events for some upcoming events. WWE will hold house shows on Saturday, April 23rd in Montgomery, Alabama at the Garrett Coliseum and Saturday, April 30th in Lakeland, Florida at the RP Funding Center. As of this writing, only raw stars are being advertised such as Becky Lynch, Bobby Lashley, Bianca Belair, Seth Rollins, Damian Priest, and Kevin Owens. For the first show WWE champion Bobby L- for now WWE Champion Bobby Lashley vs. AJ Styles vs. Seth Rollins in a triple threat match. And Becky Lynch vs. Bianca Belair vs. Rhea Ripley in a triple threat match for the Raw Women's Championship. That is locally being advertised as taking place. Now WrestlingNews.co, which is one of my favorite spots to go get news, reported in August of 2020 that WWE had filed trademarks for Saturday night's main event. At that time, it was believed that the trademark may have had to do with something related to the WWE Network. Because WWE had considered airing these house shows on Saturday nights as a premium perk subscription to those who signed up for the WWE Network in what they were doing as possible tiered, structured pricing. The tiered pricing was something that was considered before they struck a deal with their Peacock deal for the rights to their pay-per-views and catalog of shows. It's possible that WWE will tape the shows for Peacock, but there are no words yet coming out of WWE in regards to this situation. The original incarnation of Saturday Night's main event premiered in 1985 on NBC and originally aired until 1991. The show was dropped by NBC and picked up by Fox for two episodes in 1992 and then revived in 2006 for five episodes on NBC before again ending in 2008. You know, WWE, I find it hilarious that they're bringing back potentially a Saturday night's main event when right now it doesn't even fit into the overall flow of their TV programming schedule. I find it hilarious. You know, WWE is always in a situation where they want to do more, 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 more. And it's always quantity over quality. The quality of the shows that we get now are at piss-poor dumpster fire atrocious-type levels. Nothing about Monday night or Friday night is entertaining whatsoever. Their pay-per-views are barely entertaining, and I mean barely. They don't give a shit about their pay-per-views because it's $4.99 for you to subscribe to Peacock. If WWE was charging you $70 premium to watch these pay-per-views, then maybe they would be a little bit better off as far as quality goes. But knowing that you sign up for $4.99... To Peacock, you think WWE is going to give you the effort of a fucking $70 pay-per-view? Yet they got the fucking goal, the balls, to call it a premium live event. Give me a fucking break. Nothing about WWE is premium at all. They're writing, they're, pro- they're, they're programming, and whatever the fuck they do as far as building these shows. Nothing about it is premium. It would fit into AEW's model of scheduling. There's only four pay-per-views on AEW's calendar. You could do six Saturday night main events to offset the rest of the fucking shows that you got going on for the rest of the pay-per-view calendar year. No, you want to add a Saturday night's main event, potentially. I'm just thinking about this theoretically. You want to add a Saturday night's main event to the overall 12 or 13 pay-per-views that you got on the actual WWE pay-per-view calendar. For what? For what? We, we don't want another one-hour show that's basically going to be a fucking copy-and-paste version of what we see on Monday and Friday night. I can't stand the fucking booking on Monday and Friday night. I got to now go out and watch a Saturday night's main event. None of it makes sense. The only thing that I could possibly think of is WWE wants to bring back something as far as a B-level show to a Saturday night that offsets a pay-per-view because Tony Khan has Battle of the Belts. That's what they want to do. How do we get into another ratings war to make all the fucking virgins on social media cry and battle it out over WWE versus AEW? Give me a break. We don't need Saturday night's main event. We don't need any more weekly WWE. We need better quality programming. If you put as much effort into coming up with more shit if you put us just as much effort into the actual show every fucking week that we see on Monday and Friday night, maybe I wouldn't have to come on here and fucking complain all the time. There's no need for a Saturday night's main event. Asuka. Asuka is set to return from injury at the end of February. It's about fucking time. The women's division sucks. You could absolutely use Oscar.
2: Oscar was one of the most
0: respected and over members of the female roster in WWE. She's a former Raw Women's Champion, and she's also one of the primary faces of the division and was during Raw in the pandemic era. Many fans didn't like how Oscar was booked after losing the Raw Women's Championship. They certainly complained about it, and they certainly noticed her absence. I didn't like the way she was booked when she was champion. They didn't do anything. She's been absent, but she is physically good to wrestle. But WWE is not using her. She called out the report as false because it seemed like she was legitimately injured. She's been absent from television since last year's Money in the Bank pay-per-view. Many fans have been wondering just when Asuka will be making her return to the company. According to PW Insider, Asuka is expected to make her return from shoulder surgery at the end of the month. For those who have asked about Asuka... We are told here at PW Insider that she will return from shoulder, shoulder surgery at the end of the month, but that's not 100% as it's all about when she will be cleared and slid back into storylines. Yeah, she'll be sliding back into storylines, right? What storylines? WWE doesn't have any plans for Oscar to return to television, and they don't have any plans for her on television. That's why she hasn't been put back on television Meanwhile, she could have been the sixth woman in the Elimination Chamber, making that match and rounding out that match to be a little bit better. But no, we got Alexa fucking Bliss, who actively makes the match worse. Asuka is needed. Bailey is needed. We don't know where these women will end up. They're not ending up on the same brand. You can't hoard the talent for one brand and then leave the other brand absent. Maybe Asuka and Bailey go to Monday Night Raw because Ronda went to SmackDown. I would like to see Asuka on SmackDown because we've seen enough of her on Raw and I'd like to see Bailey on Monday night Raw as I do think Bailey is going to come back a babyface for whatever reason. I think Bailey is just going to be so missed by everybody that the fans are going to cheer her, but she's so good at what she does, she may get those fans to fucking boo her the next second. I would put Bailey on Raw and I would put Asuka on SmackDown because Bayley's been on SmackDown for a long time, and Asuka is synonymous with Monday Night Raw. We need to switch things up. We need to switch things up. I'd like to see Becky versus Bayley, and man, I'd like to see Asuka versus Ronda. I think that would be a great match. That's something I wanted to see during Ronda's first stint, and we never got it. So if Ronda's going to be primarily on SmackDown, I think a match with Asuka makes a lot of sense. Sasha, we've seen that with Ronda. Charlotte, boring. Nobody wants to see that at WrestleMania. Give me a fucking pillow on some NyQuil. Asuka and Ronda, to me, is the money match for Ronda while she's back in WWE. Asuka and Becky. Got to tie up the Becky Lynch storyline, clearly. You're not going to get away from that. But if you were to pick somebody else, Asuka versus Ronda is the way to go for me. She's going to definitely be needed in that division, and I can't wait for Asuka to come back. Los Lotharios, they weren't on the show tonight. But they have been getting a push in the tag team division. Why? Beats me. Maybe Bruce Pritchard woke up and realized that Humberto Carrillo and Angel Garza are actually really fucking good. Angel and Humberto have gone through several changes and rebrandings since teaming up in WWE. Last names were dropped, and the team eventually got a new name, originally known as Los Lotharios. The team is now going as the Lethal Lovers. They are now known as the Lethal Lovers. Go Google Lethal Lovers. This seems to be another fucking miscue by WWE public relations. Go ahead. Go Google Lethal Lovers and see what pops up. I don't think WWE, once again, like the Gunther situation, did their research. The latest rebranding might come with some added perks for both Angel Garza and Humberto Carrillo. Their matches have been well-received against Kofi Kingston and Big E. The last match that they had last week was very good. On the latest episode of SmackDown, Angel got a clean victory three-count over Kofi Kingston in that tag team match. It appears WWE sees some potential in Angel Garza and Humberto Carrillo on the latest Wrestling Observer Newsletter with Dave Meltzer. Dave Meltzer talked about the team getting a push in WWE. They've been having good matches with Big E and Kofi Kingston, There could be a championship program for them shortly. He says, and I quote, Now they, Los Lotharios, are also the Lethal Lovers. So that's like their new name, the Lethal Lovers. And they wrestled the New Day and Angel Pin Kofi Kingston, just a quick pin. They had another good match just last week. I think last week's match was actually slightly better, but this match was pretty good as well, beating the New Day says that they're getting a little bit of a push. They wear matching long trunks, so they look like a team. Angel doesn't really tear the pants off in the middle of the match anymore. That gimmick is all over for Angel Garza. I like the makeup of the team. I really do. I hope that that it stays. Yeah, I don't really like the kiss cam shit. I think it's kind of cheesy and lame. It's like I'm at a fucking baseball game and you see some fucking fat geek stuffing his face with nachos, and then he is on kiss cam, and then he's sitting next to his girlfriend, Oh, I got a kiss! And she, you know, she's drinking a fucking Coors Light, and this slob's got fucking manufactured, processed, cheese whiz all over his fucking face, right? Yeah, we gotta see the kiss cam for the lethal lovers. S- spare me. It's a lame gimmick. We've seen it in WWE before with the great Khali, And whoever else fucking did the kiss. Sonny did the kiss cam shit back when she was in the WWF in the the mid-90s. It's lame. Just give them an edge. Have them come off with that, that cocky machismo. Give them some video packages. Have them do vignettes about going out on the town and fucking being swarmed by women. You know? Have them cut promos in a fucking VIP club like me. You know, nice private booth. Give them some fucking depth. No, they're, they're, they're the lethal lovers because they're two fucking Mexican professional wrestlers. Give me a break. Unbelievable, man. I like the makeup of the team, but there's no competition in the tag team division. Who are they going to feud with? The Usos are losing the tag team titles to who? These guys? Are they losing those tag team titles to the Viking Raiders? That's the only way it would make sense, Right? The Usos losing those tag team titles to the Viking Raiders, then the Viking Raiders being the babyface team, putting over Los Lotharios. Then what? Then what? Then we cycle back, back to the new day, and they're tag team champions again. Bruce, please. Bruce, merge the tag team divisions. Please. For the love of God, merge the tag team divisions. Why do the women's tag team titles have floating rules, but the men's don't? I don't get it. There's no tag teams on SmackDown to legitimately call it a division. It's so bad you got to do singles matches with the tag team program you got building right now on TV because there's no fucking teams for the Viking Raiders and the Usos to go up against leading to their match at the Elimination Chamber. That's a division? Give them some competition and they will get over. Speaking of Kofi Kingston and Big E, apparently, WWE, apparently, I don't know if this is true or not. We have to see until Xavier Woods gets back on television. I don't know what's going on. But Kofi Kingston and Big E, as of right now, are no longer being called the New Day on Friday Night SmackDown. It may be canceled as we see it. Ever since Big E was officially moved back to SmackDown, the duo has been referenced by their individual names and not as the New Day. Perhaps there's a bigger plan in place for them, but Big E and Kofi Kingston did lose to Los Lotharios, uh, or the Lethal Lovers now. Those guys are in line, and the New Day, Kofi Kingston and Big E have been used as catalysts to further them along. Thus far, there's been no explanation for the decision to drop the New Day name. Another possibility is that things will be explained once Xavier Woods returns. Woods has been out with an injury, but according to his return timetable, he should be back very, very soon. The only way that this would make sense is if Xavier Woods splits from the New Day, goes heel with this King gimmick, which I hope goes away forever because it's fucking lame. Maybe Xavier Woods gets a singles run. He's the only member of the New Day that hasn't gotten a singles run. Big E's gotten one, failed. Kofi Kingston's gotten one, started off all right, but ultimately failed. Xavier Woods could get a singles run, and he kind of did by winning the King of the Ring, but it was a joke tournament, and they turned the entire shtick and the gimmick of King into a fucking comedy act. So it really isn't anything. And what did he win by winning King of the Ring? He won... Clown of the locker room with that fucking gimmick. No championship opportunity, no main, no main event pay-per-view for him for a major championship, nothing. What did he actually win by winning the King of the Ring tournament? Absolutely nothing. He won a fucking $10 gift card to Starbucks to go buy himself a seasonal beverage. That's what he won. It's probably worth more than the fucking championships in WWE right now outside the Universal Championship. Maybe Xavier Woods goes rogue. Maybe. But I always said, if one of them is missing and it's only two of the three, they're not really the new day. Maybe when Xavier gets back to television and they pair them up together as a threesome, as a trio, maybe they'll be the new day. But right now, just Biggie and Kofi, they're not the new day. It's new day when Xavier Woods is back on television making them a trio. That's the way I see it. And that's pretty much it. We got AEW news as well. I got more news on Cody. I got more news on Brandy. I got something that Tony Khan said today on Busted Open Radio. So we'll talk about the AEW news when we get into the rampage portion of the show. I want to thank you guys again for joining me on the podcast. We got 2,000 in the venue. Make sure you guys hit that thumbs up. I see 738 likes. It's a lot better than 439. Make sure you guys continue to hit that thumbs up if you have not. Let's try for a thousand minimum on today's SmackDown and AEW Rampage post show right here on Off the Script. Again, Super Chats are open. And also, make sure you guys join the channel and become a VIP right here on Off the Scripts. SmackDown, like I said, not a very good show at all. We got the contract signing to open the show. With Ronda Rousey, Naomi, Charlotte Flair, and Sonya Deville. Adam Pearce was already in the ring to start SmackDown. Flair and Deville made their entrance. They're sitting there on one side. Ronda Rousey and Naomi are sitting on the other side. Pearce began to explain how the contract signing works. Deville interrupted. She knows how contracts and contract signings work. But she needs to explain everything... To Ronda Rousey. Rousey said rule number one. Shut up and sign the contract. And Naomi added rule number two. She's going to kick Sony Deville's ass. Deville signed the contract. Ronda Rousey and Naomi mocked Deville. After Flair interrupted. Flair. I don't know what the fuck Charlotte Flair was wearing at all. She looked ridiculous. With whatever she was wearing. It was very, very, very blue. Speaking of Android. So, Charlotte Flair interrupts. She points to how she beat Naomi last week and how Ronda Rousey has never defeated her. Oh, boy. WWE pretty much planting the seed for that one at WrestleMania. They all argue until Rousey interrupts and tells DeVille to sign the contract again. DeVille puts pen to paper. She signs it. Then Flair signs it, laughing and smiling. DeVille gives Rousey and Naomi one last chance to back out. Naomi then threatened her again. Flair reveals that DeVille has a new stipulation for this match. DeVille explains how Ronda Rousey told the WWE cameraman last week that she could easily beat Sonya DeVille with one arm tied behind her back. DeVille thought that was a badass idea. Pure genius, in fact. So she talked about this with WWE higher-ups, and it's in the contract. Rousey will wrestle in Saudi Arabia during this tag team match with one arm tied behind her back. Rousey smirks. She did not back away. She signed the contract almost immediately. Rousey said she will still tap dance on DeVille's forehead with no hands, but the match is tomorrow, and tonight she has two hands. She tosses the contract at Flair Flair goes for her and gets slammed face-first into the table. Now, Flair was slammed face-first into the table. There was somebody in New Orleans last week that was there for this taping. And the fan footage, I'm not sure if you guys saw this, the fan footage of this spot where Ronda Rousey took Charlotte Flair and slammed her face-first into the contract table, she botched it so badly That's I started laughing hysterically and I say to myself, wow, Charlotte Flair is at it again. She can't even sell and put herself over for even Ronda Rousey. It was awful. If you guys saw what I saw on social media, I actually even retweeted it. I said something about even Charlotte can't even put over Ronda Rousey. WWE did some magic tonight. Kevin Dunn is a fucking magician Uh, I don't know how they did this. They made it look like it never happened. And they did, instead of the fan footage shot from the side that we saw and the hard camera side that would usually film this segment, they had the other camera integrated into the show. So we only saw the behind visual of Charlotte Flair. And they made it work somehow. I don't know if they did some camera manipulation or if they actually just went went back and reshot the footage. I I would be very curious to know. Because the one that I saw and the one that you guys saw was Bacha Mania, and they were drooling all over it. It was a truly embarrassing segment that I saw via this fan cam footage. This was very paint-by-the-numbers generic. Ronda Rousey's going to be wrestling with one arm tied behind her back. They got to make it a little bit predictable because we all know that Naomi and Ronda are not losing this match and that Sonya DeVille is in this thing to merely eat the pin because she herself has won on. Looks like Naomi and Sonya DeVille are getting a WrestleMania match on either night one or night two. I'm glad. Naomi's worked very hard in recent weeks. She's looked great. Get her a win at WrestleMania and end this storyline and move forward with both of them in the women's division on SmackDown. I think that would be the best way to go about it. Ronda... More than likely winning that SmackDown Women's Championship. I cannot see Fox requesting Ronda and then them not requesting Ronda to win the Women's Championship. It's going to be something that we're going to have to get used to. Ronda is not going to save the division. She's not going to make the division better by being champion. But apparently she's back and she'll be back for the majority of the year going into next year's WrestleMania. Where she will probably wrestle Becky Lynch at WrestleMania 39. Sheamus versus Ricochet again. How many times, Bruce, do we need to see the same fucking match over and over and over again? This was easily the best thing on the show. It actually got more than 10 minutes, believe it or not. Ricochet and Sheamus, two great professional wrestlers. I think both guys are fantastic. Both guys are right now being heavily underutilized. Ricochet jumped Sheamus at the bell for the early advantage in this match. He sent Sheamus to the floor, following up with a suicide dive. Sheamus fought back, hit a -a tilt-a-whirl backbreaker to take over the match. I love the way Ricochet sells, man. He makes everything look fucking devastating. Ricochet tried to fight back with some chops and some right hands. Sheamus hit a back suplex in retaliation. Sheamus slowed the pace down with a chin lock. Ricochet then broke free and took it to Sheamus with a huge knee lift to the face. Ricochet then tackled Sheamus over the top rope. He followed up with a moonsault off the apron. Sheamus caught him, hit a fallaway slam over the announce table that did not, once again, have Pat McAfee on color commentary because this was a tape show, and he wasn't at last week's show because he was doing Super Bowl duties. So here we had Corey Graves. Sheamus was in control after this follow away slam spot over the announce table. He hit the big sledgeham, uh, sledgehammer forearm shots to the chest like he usually does when his opponent is on the apron against the ropes. And Ricochet was fighting back soon thereafter. Hit a tornado DDT. Followed up with a springboard flying elbow and a standing shooting star press. He goes for cover only gets a two count. Ricochet a moonsault for another near fall. Sheamus recovered. Hit an Alabama slam that looked brutal for a two-count. Sheamus went to the top rope. Ricochet met him up there. Spanish fly by Ricochet on Sheamus. It looked great. Sheamus executing with Ricochet, a fucking Spanish fly off the top rope, man. Unbelievable. You wouldn't have thought it, but it happened. So after the Spanish fly went for a he only got a two-count. Ricochet climbed the top rope again. I don't know what he was going for. He might have been going for the six thirty. Rich Holland jumped on the apron to cause a distraction. Sheamus went for the broke kick with the distraction. He almost hit Rich Holland. He stopped. Rich Holland jumped off the apron. He started yelling at Rich Holland. What are you doing? What are you doing? Ricochet took advantage with his signature recoil. This was a code breaker. One, two, three, and Ricochet wins in a very good match over Sheamus. After the match, Sheamus yelled at Rich Holland and blamed him for losing. Sheamus then shoved Ridge Holland down. Looks like the honeymoon is over for Rich Holland and Sheamus. I can't imagine. Rich Holland has much left on the SmackDown roster. I am predicting Rich Holland is released when the next round of budget cuts comes from Nick Conman. After WrestleMania, that is just my honest prediction. I could be wrong. Ridge Holland didn't do anything for me in NXT. He certainly doesn't do anything for me on Friday Night SmackDown in the very generic pairing of he and Sheamus, all because they are Irish and they love to drink Guinness. Give me a break. Shinsuke Nakamura and Rick Boogs were highlighted appearing on Zane last week, where Rick Boogs got electrocuted out of nowhere, and they highlighted the Intercontinental Championship match that is coming up with Sami Zayn and Nakamura later on in the show. So we have Sami Zayn being interviewed here by Kayla Braxton. Kayla notes how Rick Boogs isn't here tonight due to some suspicious, faulty wiring that got him electrocuted. Sami Zayn said... I had nothing to do with what happened to Rick Boogs. Sammy then goes on about how there was a conspiracy or how there has been a conspiracy against against him in WWE, and this will not keep him from reclaiming the Intercontinental Championship. Sammy says, none of that matters because tonight will be the greatest night of his life as he regains that very title. Sammy dismisses Kayla so he can breathe... And get ready to recapture the Intercontinental Championship. Jey Uso versus Ivar of the Viking Raiders. I told you this match was going to happen last week when we saw Jimmy versus Eric of the Viking Raiders. Wow, Bruce. You're really making it really difficult for me to predict what's happening on next week's show, right? I'm fucking Nostradamus, man. Pay me. WWE is so fucking lame, I can tell you what they're going to do next week when they don't even tell you themselves what's actually on the fucking show before we watch. It's unbelievable. So we got Ivar defeating Jey Uso in three minutes. It was a nothing match, just to sell their tag team match at the Elimination Chamber. Uso here backed Ivar into the corner. Ivar fought back, hit a big splash for a near fall. He then went for a flying crossbody. Jey Uso moved out of the way. He then took it to Ivar with a super kick, slowed the pace down, did the very formulaic and stereotypical shin lock. That's what they all do to slow the match down. Shin locks. Jey Uso hit another super kick. Ivar recovered and hit a clothesline for a two count. He followed up with a Bronco Buster. Hit a big splash off the top rope, went for a cover, got it two. Jimmy then jumped in the ring and struck Ivar with his helmet for the disqualification. Wow, man, nothing speaks to me like a disqualification, man. Wow. Well, man, how do we build excitement for this tag team match that nobody gives a fuck about? Bruce, yeah, let's do a DQ. Nobody gives a shit about the tag team titles. And nobody gives a shit about the fucking Viking Raiders. What a joke. Your tag team division sucks. You want real tag team wrestling? Watch Dynamite on Wednesday. Look at their tag team division and then tell me again how you think you actually have a tag team division. You don't. You don't. After the match, the Viking Raiders beat down the Usos and took their helmets back. I don't know what it is with thievery on SmackDown or Bruce Prichard, but uh, that's his uh, his go-to, man. Let's steal something and make a storyline out of it. Drew McIntyre. He has his final preparation for the Elimination Chamber match he has with Mad Cap Moss. So we saw last week the interaction between McIntyre and Matt Cap Moss. Can you imagine being Drew McIntyre? Can you imagine being Drew McIntyre? This is... A great example of how Drew McIntyre is a company man. Imagine being Drew McIntyre getting on a flight to Saudi Arabia. How long is the flight? 18, 19 hours. He gets on a flight to go wrestle at the Elimination Chamber pay-per-view. And his match in Saudi Arabia that he's flown 18 hours across the world for is against Madcap Moss. It's unbelievable to me, man. That man is an example of a company man doing what he is told to do and no lip from Drew McIntyre. It's the kind of guy I would want on my roster, but I feel bad for him that he's got to wrestle Madcap Moss. So McIntyre, we see the Madcap Moss and McIntyre vignette from last week or the backstage segment where McIntyre came in and threatened him with uh, the sword and Madcap was trying to get the doctor to cancel this match. And deem him medically uncleared. So McIntyre's in the ring. He talks about some of his history with New Orleans. Drew's been doing some reflecting on his life and career, which almost ended because of the day one attack where they wrapped a steel chair around his head and injured his neck. McIntyre legitimately has a neck issue that they're taking the easy way with, and they're not really putting stress on McIntyre in the ring until it is fully healed. So Drew says he wanted to play that clip from day one for his own benefit. So he would remember how he felt when the doctor told him he'd miss WrestleMania season. He recalls being WWE champion during WrestleMania season two years ago when he slayed Brock Lesnar and says this year it's damn personal. He goes on about all the things he can do and all the ways he can beat Madcap at Elimination Chamber. So Moss and Happy Corbin, I am anything but happy when Corbin makes his way into the arena. They come out, and Corbin tells Drew to listen to himself and asks what kind of role model he's supposed to be to little Scottish kids. Medcap then taunts Drew about his neck issue and says tomorrow at the Elimination Chamber, they can fight all over the arena But the joke is on Drew, because Moss is great in his environment, and he will finish what he and Corbin started at day one. So Moss cracks another joke about McIntyre's neck. He and Corbin laugh. Crowd is booing. Drew says this whole situation is sad. He says Moss had terrible jokes, but all the talent in the world, and he aligned himself with a piece of garbage like Happy Corbin. And the biggest mistake he's made— was coming for Drew. He goes on and says he will end and hurt Moss at the Elimination Chamber, and it will be the night the laughter dies. I don't care. I don't. I feel sorry for Drew McIntyre, man. I, I truly wonder what they're doing with Drew McIntyre at WrestleMania. I really, I really do wonder. Could WWE be so creatively bankrupt? with Drew McIntyre, that they would book him and Happy Corbin at WrestleMania? Does anybody in the... How could anybody in that company think that that is a WrestleMania match? That's the best that they got for Drew McIntyre? Now, I know he's eventually going to feud with Roman. I know he's going to be challenging for the Universal Championship after WrestleMania. It's the only guy there on the roster that makes sense. There's legitimately nobody. But what are they going to do with Drew McIntyre at WrestleMania? You know, WWE's been... Wanting stone cold Steve Austin to come back to the WWE. Apparently he's supposed to be going one-on-one with Kevin Owens. I don't know if that's really true or not. If Austin wants to do it or not. I have no idea. But the teas and the seeds planted are there. WWE has reportedly working or been working on another major surprise. For WrestleMania that is on the level Of a Stone Cold Steve Austin. I don't think anything is going to be on the level of a Stone Cold Steve Austin coming back out of retirement for Kevin Owens at WrestleMania. The only thing that would be a bigger surprise than Stone Cold Steve Austin coming back would be Dwayne Johnson, The Rock, confronting Roman at the end of his match with Lesnar after he wins both the WWE and the Universal Championships. That's the only thing that makes sense. But what if WWE has John Cena coming? WrestleMania, if John Cena's schedule is cleared, and they build a John Cena match at WrestleMania with Drew McIntyre, what about that? I'd love to see that. I think that would be great. I think the promo back and forth between Drew McIntyre and John Cena would be fucking off the charts. Do I give WWE the benefit of the doubt here to make it seem important? No. They dropped the ball with Roman Reigns and John Cena going into SummerSlam, but I would like to see it. I think John Cena versus Drew McIntyre is a WrestleMania match. It all depends on if John Cena can make WrestleMania. I'm not really sure. Otherwise, what is Drew McIntyre going to do at WrestleMania? I hope to God it's not happy Corbin. Kayla Braxton was backstage with Shinsuke Nakamura. She asked Nakamura about his strategy for tonight with Rick Boogs sidelined. Nakamura says his plan is to kick Sami Zayn in the face. He goes on and says Sami Zayn must really be in Zayn if he thinks he can beat Nakamura for the Intercontinental Championship. So that is the match coming up next. It is Shinsuke Nakamura and Sami Zayn for the Intercontinental Championship. This went almost 20 minutes. 20 minutes. Very uh, anticlimactic finish. And a very anticlimactic match itself because we already knew that Sami Zayn won the Intercontinental Championship because WWE themselves spoiled the fucking match last week on Twitter right after SmackDown went off the air because they taped SmackDown tonight last Friday. And WWE's Twitter account spoiled the outcome. I guess they didn't want the dirt sheets to get it first. So they figured, let me do it. And spoiler for everybody else before you hear it somewhere else. The match was fine. I think Sami Zayn is incredible. I think Sami Zayn is probably the best heel outside of Roman Reigns on Friday Night SmackDown. He's just great. He's entertaining. I think he's a great promo. WWE doesn't really realize what they have. They don't know what they have in Sami Zayn. I'm glad he signed. I don't like the fact that he's possibly feuding With Johnny Knoxville going into WrestleMania, which I'll talk about in a second. But this was a fun match. Nakamura, to me, you know, I know Nakamura has his fans. I know Nakamura is a fan favorite on social media. I don't know what it is with Nakamura, man. I wanted Nakamura to be a big deal in WWE. This entire IC Championship run was an absolute fucking wake-up call to Shinsuke Nakamura it was. Not only did they ruin the prestige greatly of the Intercontinental Championship by not booking the title correctly, by having Nakamura hold on to it and not defend it, not stripping him of the championship. He didn't defend it at all because of the hand injury. Nakamura almost seems like he is emotionless when I see him out there. He's all right with having these decent matches, but He's content almost to have him on SmackDown the way that he's been presented. He's almost content with that. I don't really care about Shinsuke Nakamura. If if Nakamura disappeared tomorrow, I don't think I'd miss him. I wouldn't. I think Rick Boogs should really get a singles run and they develop his character a little bit more. Get him out of that goofy fucking uh, that two-piece that he's wearing, those overalls he's wearing. Right? Get him out of that shit and give me Rick Boogs. The fucking Rick Boogs that we saw in NXT, man. That's the Rick Boogs I want to see. But Nakamura, I mean, I can't find any reason to care about Shinsuke Nakamura. Sami Zayn I love. Nakamura not so much anymore. He's just boring. It's nothing about him. And the, and the act with Boogs is dead. It's the same shit every fucking week. I don't even know why they're, a, they're a pairing. How do they come together? Did WWE ever explain to us why they were together? Just one day they were randomly together. The match was fine. Very predictable outcome because, like I said, WWE ruined the outcome. Zayn was in control. Nakamura fought back, locked on an armbar. Zayn escaped. Nakamura hit a sliding basement dropkick. He then, he then hit a sliding German suplex off the ropes like he usually does for a near fall. Nakamura went for the running knee. Zayn reversed it into a brutal-looking Michinoku driver for a close near fall. Sami Zayn attempted the Tornado DDT through the ropes, but Nakamura caught him, and that was actually a throwback to his NXT days. Nakamura caught him in this through-the-rope DDT that he used to do through the, or around the ring post. That was his NXT move. He doesn't do that anymore. I used to love that. But Nakamura caught him, kicked him in the head. Nakamura went for a running knee at ringside. Zayn moved. Nakamura hit his injured knee against the steel steps. So that was the big story of the match. The knee against the steel steps in this missed opportunity. Zayn worked over Nakamura's injured knee. They fought on the top rope. Nakamura locked uh, Zayn into a hold and knocked him off. Nakamura followed up with a knee for a near fall. He went for the Kinshasa. Zane drop-kicked his knee. He followed up with a blue thunderbomb, which to me is still the prettiest move in Sami Zayn's repertoire. I've mentioned this several times, man. I would actually have the blue thunderbomb be his finishing move. I would do the, the big heluva kick as a setup, and then I would do the blue thunderbomb as a finishing move, man. I don't know if he's ever finished anybody off with the blue thunder. Maybe once. I don't even remember who it was against. Maybe once in his entire WWE run did he finish somebody off with that blue thunder bomb. It's too, it's too pretty to be a setup move. It really is. I love it. So the blue thunder bomb got a two count. Zayn mocked Nakamura. Nakamura snapped and stomped Zayn against the ropes. He then took it to Zane with some kicks to the head. Nakamura set up for the Kinshasa. Again, Zayn rolled out of the ring. Zane fought back, slammed Nakamura's leg against the ring post repeatedly. And then he blocked a kick, did Zayn, because Nakamura at this point was on one leg. He blocked a kick with a bad leg, and he kicked out Nakamura's knee, and he went for the cover, rolled him up, and that was it. It was almost a small package, a modified small package for the win. Sami Zayn, in anticlimactic fashion, wins the Intercontinental Championship, and he is the new champion. Is the title going to look better on Sami Zayn than it is Nakamura? Yes. Is it going to mean any more on Zayn than it did Nakamura? No, it won't. Reportedly, Johnny Knoxville is getting the Intercontinental Championship match with Sami Zayn at WrestleMania. I pray to God that is not the case. Mr. Perfect the Ultimate Warrior, and everybody else in the past that is not with us anymore are rolling in the graves. Anybody that has done the Intercontinental title thing and brought prestige to that title, held that title, made it what it is today, is rolling over in their graves. If Johnny Knoxville, somebody who suffered a brain hemorrhage a year ago, is being allowed to wrestle Sami Zayn in a WrestleMania match... What a fucking joke. A fucking joke. You know what I would do with Sami Zayn at WrestleMania? Ricochet just beat Rich Holland and Sheamus back to back. I would book Ricochet versus Sami Zayn in a program at WrestleMania, and I would have Johnny Knoxville in Ricochet's corner and then put over Ricochet and have Knoxville Screw Sami Zayn out of the Intercontinental Championship and crown Ricochet the new Intercontinental Champion, so that way the IC title is on somebody that could easily take it back and make it the Working Man's Championship. That's exactly what I do. No, but we're gonna get fucking Johnny Knoxville winning the Intercontinental Championship at WrestleMania, aren't we, Bruce? Right? What a fucking joke. Johnny Knoxville and this jackass shit should have been over after the Royal Rumble, yet he's still on fucking TV, and he's still parading around with fucking replica United States titles, and whatever the case may be. There's even a rumor, Ringside News today reported a rumor about Logan Paul being at WrestleMania. So I'm assuming Johnny Knoxville is getting the fucking match against Sami Zayn for the IC title And Johnny Knoxville is going to enlist all these guys that Sami Zayn has a problem with. And they're going to take the title off of him. Logan Paul is going to screw Sami Zayn out of the Intercontinental Championship. Unbelievable. It is fucking unbelievable, man. Ricochet versus Sami Zayn should be your Intercontinental title match going into WrestleMania. It's a joke. Knoxville challenging for any title, let alone even being in the ring, is a fucking joke. Aaliyah, in the back, spoke with Ricochet. She praised him for beating Sheamus earlier in the evening. She smiled at Ricochet as he walked away. Zayn showed up and bragged about winning the Intercontinental Championship. There you go. There you go. Ricochet and Sami Zayn should be your Intercontinental title feud. Hopefully that was a seed planted right there for those two at WrestleMania. The face-to-face with Roman Reigns and Bill Goldberg. Such riveting television, I don't know how anybody couldn't be excited about this match happening at the Elimination Chamber pay-per-view tomorrow afternoon in Saudi Arabia. So Reigns is in the ring with Heyman. He raises his belt. Heyman's there, hands the microphone to Paul, to, uh, or Paul Heyman, rather, hands the microphone to Roman Reigns. Reigns calls on New Orleans to acknowledge him, as usual. So Reigns calls on Heyman to celebrate him. Heyman then responds in grand fashion. Big introduction for the tribal chief, including a line where he says, being near Reigns is spiritually orgasmic, he says. Heyman plays to the crowd. Heyman then scolds them for going on with his introduction for Reigns. Bill Goldberg comes out. That generic Bill Goldberg theme hits. He comes out of his dressing room He's got two security guards with him. Pyro goes off on the stage. He walks through the pyro. He gets in the ring. He drops the microphone. He has a microphone in his hands. He drops the microphone. Reigns is smiling. Says he was going to give Bill Goldberg one last chance to acknowledge him, but Goldberg wasn't having any of it. He's not here to actually speak. He takes steps closer and closer towards Roman Reigns, Reigns then asks if he's going to walk up on him like that or what? What are you going to do? You came here to talk. You came here to fight. You can't do both. One or the other. So Goldberg then gets right in Roman Reigns' face and says, Tomorrow, 12 o'clock, he gets to apologize to everyone. Bill Goldberg was wrong, he says. Reigns isn't next when it comes to the WWE Universal title. Goldberg is next. And that's the way the show goes off the air. Such riveting fucking television, man. How, how could anybody not be excited about this? My goodness. This match lasts five minutes tomorrow in Saudi Arabia. Roman Reigns wins, and we never see Bill Goldberg again. WWE supposedly is, is hyping up some twists and turns. Reportedly, Dave Melch is saying WWE has twists and turns coming in Saudi Arabia for the Elimination Chamber. What the fuck does that mean? It doesn't make any sense for Lesnar not to win the Elimination Chamber. Why the fuck else would he be in there? Now, I mentioned, is Lesnar not winning the Elimination Chamber? Is something going to happen where he screwed out of that match? What is the twists and turns? Is AJ Styles going to win the WWE Championship? Go on to WrestleMania Challenge Edge. Because AJ wants Edge and Edge wants AJ at WrestleMania. Fine, give it to us. It's a WrestleMania-caliber match on any day of the week. Is Matt Riddle going to win the WWE Championship? Have Randy Orton turn on him? Is that your WWE Championship match at WrestleMania? Could be a twist and turn. Or is Bill Goldberg going to win the WWE Universal title at the Elimination Chamber, take it into SmackDown next week, and drop it back to Roman... So we get Goldberg coming out of the chamber with everybody thinking he's going on to WrestleMania to challenge Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania. God, I hope not. Holy shit. But you never know what these fucking people, man. You never know. Goldberg is fucking death to anybody in February. Kevin Owens, The Fiend, and now it may be Roman. I hope to God not. Maybe Cody is the twist and turn. Supposedly he was in Poland. Everybody's speculating that he may be making his way to Saudi Arabia in the Elimination Chamber. I just don't see it. I just don't see it. So we're going to get twists and turns tomorrow at the Elimination Chamber. Smackdown was fucking trash as always. And that is your Smackdown portion of Off the Scripts here this evening. Thank you guys for joining me or for joining me. On your Friday nights, we got 2,100 people in the venue. I still only see 866 likes, man. What do I got to do to get you guys to hit that thumbs up? I need a 1,000 minimum. A 1,000 minimum. Otherwise, Jesse is going to burn everybody's tacos on Taco Tuesday. No, you don't want burnt tacos, do you? Come on. Hit that thumbs up. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for all notifications. Follow me on social media at JD from NY 206. We got some AEW news coming up. Tony Khan working on something big. Cody Rhodes releases a statement on Twitter about AEW Dynamite. And Cody Rhodes has not yet signed with WWE. I got news on that. And Brandi Rhodes. Apparently many people in AEW are happy to see Brandi Rhodes gone from the company. So I got news coming up on AEW. So stick with me, folks. Today, podcast is sponsored by Manscaped. Manscaped.com. You guys are going to use that code SCRIPT20 at checkout for your 20% off and free shipping, man. I need a round of applause, guys. Give me those round of applause emojis in the chat. Today I'm excited to announce Manscapes is launching their ultra-premium collection. Now, believe it or not, it's for your not-so-private parts. I'm talking about a leveled-up hygiene routine with your favorite manly scents. This is an all-in-one skin and hair care kit for everybody, everyday men, and covers you from head to toe, literally. Manscaped is the most trusted and below the waist Now trust them with the rest Join the 4 million men That have used Manscaped worldwide And who trust Manscaped by using that code Script20 At checkout for you 20% off Guys not only do they got the Advanced Manscaped Lawnmower 4.0 Which obviously is their signature Their signature Product Now they got the Premium collection man this premium collection, this ultra premium collection, includes Manscaped's premium deodorant. It's not for your balls, don't worry about it. It's for your armpits, and we all know wrestling fans don't bathe, so this is perfect for you guys. This deodorant dries clear, is aluminum-free, and smells like their signature scent. They got a hydrating body moisturizer. You guys have tattoos? Maybe some dry skin that you're dealing with? It's designed to keep skin feeling clean, smooth, and smelling fresh. Their body wash... You guys shower, don't you? I hope so. Most wrestling fans smell and don't shower. They don't use deodorant. They don't brush their teeth. Manscaped's got you covered, bro. Body wash. Lather yourself up with their infused aloe vera and sea salt shower gel. Two-in-one shampoo as well. And conditioner to clean your scalp with one easy step. Plus a free gift. You guys are going to get a three-pack set of lip balm that's made up with ingredients such as vitamin E, peppermint, and eucalyptus oil. That sounds fucking great, man. That's four products and a gift in the ultra-premium collection. So, what you guys gotta do to get all this is go to manscaped.com, enter that code SCRIPT20 at checkout. You're gonna get 20% off and free shipping. And I tell you, man, the power of attraction is now in a bottle. Thanks to Manscaped, and I want... To make sure you guys are aware of their great products. And I want to thank them as always for being a great friend and a great sponsor of Off the Scripts. Let's get into the AEW news, man. Tony Khan was on Busted Open Radio. He says this. He's working on something big for AEW. This is going to be a big deal in professional wrestling. On today's Busted Open Radio, Tony Khan said the following. He's got something massive in the works for AEW, and he hopes he will be able to talk about it next week. There will be a lot of news in the week ahead, said Tony Khan. I don't know if it'll get done by tonight, but stay tuned in the week ahead. I'm working on something pretty big. It would be massive. I don't know if it's what anybody would expect it is or think it is, but this would be a big deal. In professional wrestling. I'm looking forward to hopefully making it happen. Stay tuned. I hopefully will get it done. And we'll have more to announce soon. End quote. Khan did not say. If this is related to the rumors. About more WWE talent coming in. Or something completely unrelated. To new signings. He also. Said that he will not be talking publicly. About the Cody Rhodes situation. That he and Cody have agreed. To not talk about the situation in public. Meanwhile, everybody else is talking about what they've said and what they've uncovered in the AEW locker room. But Tony Khan and Cody Rhodes are not able to talk about it and have discussed amongst themselves that it will not be broadcast in the general public with these two men speaking on it themselves. Kind of sounds a little bizarre to me if you, uh, if you ask me. But that was what was being reported. They're not talking about it. In public. But the thing is, with this major announcement, I know a lot of people are probably thinking, well, here's Tony Khan again. AEW had a bad week in the rating. And here he is hyping something up to get people to watch next week's Dynamite to boost the rating back up. A lot of people claim that AEW show sucks. A lot of people are claiming that AEW's in the mud. A lot of people are claiming that Tony Khan doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. A lot of people claim that the show doesn't flow well. I don't know what the fuck people are watching. I don't know what you're watching. Do you think you're watching Monday Night Raw or Friday Night Smackdown on Wednesday nights? If AEW is so bad, what do you think Smackdown is on a weekly basis? It can't be worse than AEW, right? Shut your fucking mouth. Social media sucks. And the people that reside on it, besides me, are a bunch of blithering fucking idiots. AEW isn't going anywhere. AEW is the highest rated show for Turner on TNT and TBS. Besides Big Bang Theory, which I didn't know was drawing such big ratings until some of the people on uh, the internet were... Giving us Big Bang Theory ratings as a lead in to AEW Dynamite. They are doing incredibly well. They are up 25% year over year as far as the ratings are concerned. And they apparently made in 2020, I believe, um, they made 64 million. And in 2021, they made 84 or so million. So they're actually trending upwards, not only in the ratings, but they're trending upwards in revenue, which is great. And Tony Khan right now is doing a very good job. Does he go over the top sometimes? Yes, he does. But that means he genuinely fucking cares about his show, his product, and us as a fan base. Now, I do think that sometimes he does a little too much as far as a reactionary thing to get people to watch uh, Dynamite or Rampage. I I just think he should let the show speak for itself sometimes. He doesn't need to... He doesn't need to overbook the show with fucking surprises. He doesn't need to have a debut. Just let it happen. Just let it happen. Mention nothing. I wish sometimes, and I genuinely mean this. I love Tony Khan. I think he does a great job. But the thing is, I would, if I'm Tony Khan, I would not be on social media. If you have a debut like Keith Lee planned, let it be. Don't go on Busted Open. This is why I fucking hate Busted Open. They give Tony Khan a platform to do all this shit. It's great to get AEW's thing out there, but I don't want him saying anything. Because everything he says is going to be twist, twisted into something that it really isn't. People are going to shit on him. Just remain in the shadows. It probably would work out better for you. Wyndham debuting, don't say nothing. John Morrison debuting, Don't say nothing. Johnny Gargano debuting. Don't say anything. Let us feel it when it happens. That's it. I honestly think he comes off overwhelming sometimes. And people sometimes get tuned out from that. Scale it back. Scale it back. I don't know what this is. It's not a debut it's not Cody Rhodes or anything to do with Cody Rhodes. I honestly do think that this is a huge venture into the European scene. I think they're going to do a show, an AEW show, pay-per-view, possibly overseas or a special event overseas like Grand Slam. It may be in that soccer stadium that Tony Khan was talking about uh, last year. I-, I forgot the name of it. It may be that. And I honestly think it may be. He says it's a big deal for for professional wrestling. It may be. A New Japan versus AEW show at a large stadium overseas. That's what I think it is. I don't know what else it could possibly be. I don't think anybody else is coming in right now imminently. I'd like to see Ember Moon and Tony Storm and Johnny Gargano. But I would hold off on the fucking debuts. Just book the fucking show. Just book the show. There's just too much excitement sometimes. Scale it back. Seriously. Seriously. You there's a running gag on social media that Tony Khan, you know, sniffs the white stuff and he's fucking hopped up on on cocaine. You know, this guy's fucking grr, he's all jittery and he's just fucking typing away on social media. Scale it back. Scale it back. We don't see WWE going out there fucking hyping surprises up. Their show sucks, but they're not on social media doing that. They got their own fucking terrible thing going on. Scale it back. Some people may get turned off by that. That may be something that has to do with the decline in the rating this week. I can't believe that Cody Rhodes leaving AEW has sapped all the interest out of all these fucking people. They did 1.129 million viewers the week before. Where did all those people go? Everybody says AEW's in the mud. They're not in the mud for one bad week. The fuck are you talking about? They're, They're relying on debuts. What are you talking about? The show is being booked as better as anything. If you enjoyed NXT on the Triple H, I don't know how you don't enjoy AEW. Look at the fucking show that they're doing for Revolution. You mean to tell me that the show is so bad that we're getting a pay-per-view like that? The fuck are you watching on Wednesday nights? No, you're dreaming of Bruce Prichard and Vince McMahon ruining yet another week of WWE television. If AEW is so bad, how are we getting that pay per view on March 6th? How? It's unbelievable. Cody Rhodes. I don't understand why everybody needs to fucking post something on social media. I don't. This doesn't really help his cause either. Apparently, there was a trend yesterday. I'm with AEW. It's lame. I'm with AEW. Great. Are you all that heartbroken over Cody Rhodes leaving AEW? Am I upset? Sure I am. I think Cody has a lot to give in AEW. I would have loved to see Cody Rhodes versus CM Punk. I would have loved to see Cody Rhodes versus Brian Danielson. I would have loved Cody to turn heel and challenge again for the world championship. I thought he had the makings of the best heel in all of pro wrestling, if he did. Now, apparently, we're not getting it. I'm with AEW. No, I'm for better professional wrestling. Whether it's AEW or WWE, all I want is better professional wrestling. It's lame. Cody Rhodes, what started all that I'm with AEW bullshit? Cody Rhodes encouraged fans to continue watching Dynamite. After the bad rating, He goes on social media and says this. I'd encourage you to still watch it. I was very lucky that my hard work led me to be that face, but I wasn't alone. Nick, Matt, Kenny, Chicken, Jericho, MJF, Hang were all there as well. And all the new girls and guys putting in a shift now as well. Wrestling is thriving. End quote. Don't say anything. Is it a work? I don't know. Is he going to WWE? I don't know. I don't know what the fuck Cody Rhodes is doing. But according to sources and according to Fightful, Cody Rhodes has not signed with WWE yet. Roads to the top has not been canceled yet. And they are still discussing right now what's going to happen in regards to the future of the show. While the show was... Right now on TNT, the show has a heavy focus on Cody and Brandy's life in AEW, and the show was produced by Shed Media US and Warner Horizon Unscripted Television. So in theory, the show could continue on without AEW's involvement. Another thing to note is that as of now, per Fightful Sources, Rhodes has not signed with the WWE, and until something happens, there's always a chance that something can be worked out for him to stay in AEW. I don't know if it's a work. I don't know if he's going to WWE. I don't. Apparently from Sports Illustrated, they, they reported yesterday that Cody Rhodes this weekend was going to be at the Performance Center. But then he was photographed. I don't know if this is an updated photo. I don't know if this is somebody trolling. It's Reddit. I mean, Reddit is the fucking cesspool of virgins. I mean, if you go to Reddit and you see something, please take it with the fucking smallest grain of salt. It is fucking garbage over on Reddit. The dumbest of the dumb reside in the Reddit squared circle subreddit, man. My goodness, you, you fucking get a glimpse of these people, man. You think being a virgin is bad. These people have never seen a woman's tits in their entire life. They never touched female skin before in their entire life, bro. Seriously, they don't brush their teeth. They don't, they don't look at the fucking blue sky on a beautiful fucking spring day. They have never touched grass. They have no athletic ability. They don't go to the gym. Their refrigerator is stocked with fucking Ilio's Pizza and fucking Totino's Pizza Rolls. Their fucking PlayStation 5 controllers have fucking semen stains all along the back. You see it all discolored on their PlayStation 5 controllers, man. Seriously, seriously. Half of these people can't even afford a fucking PlayStation 2, never mind a fucking PlayStation 5. Are you fucking kidding me? Reddit sucks. Suck my dick, Reddit. Suck my dick. Get, put that on your fucking subreddit. Oh, JD said this about us. Go ahead. Go ahead. I love it. They said that this guy, or this, this picture on Reddit, apparently was Cody Rhodes' Taking a picture with a fan in Poland. The fuck is he doing in Poland? What does he do? He, he, he took brandy on a skiing vacation? Yeah, honey, we're, we're leaving AEW. We're gonna we're gonna take a nice little rest before we go down to Orlando. Hey, let's go. Let's go skiing in Poland. The fuck is in Poland? Are you gonna tour the Poland Spring fucking factory? What's over there? Gonna milk some goats? God almighty, man. Where the fuck is Cody Rhodes going? We don't know. I don't even give a shit anymore. I don't even give a shit. He hasn't signed. Apparently, he's in Poland. And many people in AEW are happy to see Brandy gone from the company. This is from the Wrestling Observer Forum. Brian Alvarez, who apparently is in Hawaii right now on uh, on family vacation. Good for him. Said that he's heard from people in AEW this week that's... There were a lot more people celebrating Brandy's exit for, from the company. Alvarez says, There aren't a lot of people who are universally hated. Yes, some people have spoken up in support of Brandy, but I can tell you 100% that I've heard way more people celebrating her departure in the last few days than upset about it. Sounds like a Brandy Rhodes issue there, Cody. You know, Cody will never admit it, but the reason why Cody Rhodes was so disliked in his latest run in AEW, you know, a large part of that was Brandy Rhodes. He will never outwardly admit that obviously because he's got to stand by and remain true to his wife, but Brandy Rhodes obviously did him no favors. Obviously did him no favors. But again, this is this is all a story that has immense life to it. It's got legs. We don't know what the fuck is. I've heard everything from him being at WrestleMania, him wrestling Seth Rollins at WrestleMania, him showing up on the Raw after WrestleMania, to him being in cahoots with Tony Khan. And this is all one big master fucking plan for AEW. And I've also heard that Cody Rhodes is the man behind the newest promotion started up by Braun Strowman, Adam Scher, and EC3. They're calling it, uh, sin, I believe C Y N create your narrative promotion. Where did they fucking get funding and where did they get TV? Who's funding them? Now I doubt that's, I, I don't know why Cody Rose would do that. I've heard it all, but it's got legs. I don't know either way. He said that we're going to be on one hell of a ride with him. I don't know what the fuck that means. Could legitimately be anybody in the mind of Cody Rhodes. But I'm excited. Am I upset that he's leaving AEW? Sure I am. Am I going to lose sleep over it? No. Because if Cody Rhodes makes WWE television better, then I'm for Cody Rhodes going to WWE. The only part I don't like is, A, the hypocrites who hated Cody Rhodes because he was AEW and now are throwing fucking ticker tape parades because he's joining WWE supposedly. A lot of people expose themselves as hypocrites. You know who they are on Twitter. The lowest of the low, the fucking, the biggest virgins of them all, man. You guys know who they are. I'm happy that Cody's going to WWE because if Cody makes WWE TV a little bit more enjoyable with him being on it, I'm for that. Cody versus Edge. Cody versus Randy. Cody versus Seth. Cody versus Roman. There are matches for him over there. I just don't like the fact that people are praising him now that all that pretty much hated him, and I don't like the fact that Him going over there, he knows exactly what he's walking into. Why would he trust these people? Why would he trust these people? Unless the the money is Roman Reigns level, which we know he's not making Roman Reigns level money. Unless he's making Roman Reigns level money, I don't see the point in going over there. It's such a weird situation. It really, really is. So we're going to wait and see. We're going to find out. Maybe he shows up at WrestleMania, on the road to WrestleMania. Maybe not. It's going to be something that we're going to have to be patient for and see exactly what happens. Rampage. This was a very good show tonight. I enjoyed the match with Adam Cole and Preston Vance. I enjoyed Jay White and Trent Beretta. This was very good today on the show. Um, Adam Cole and Trent Bar- uh Adam Cole rather and, and Preston Vance opened the show tonight, and these two had a very good match. It was pretty lengthy, to say the least. And Adam Cole wins with a lower the boom. So these two had a very good match. A lot of people are making fun of Adam Cole, As far as his body, his uh, I guess his body type, his his lack of muscle apparently. I don't understand why, why people are upset with Adam Cole. I mean, you could look at WWE television. Well, Sami Zayn doesn't look the part, right? Sami Zayn doesn't look the part. There are different people on WWE's roster that shouldn't be on TV. Goldberg, right? But everybody's making fun of Adam Cole. Adam Cole looked fine. I, the more I look at Adam Cole, the more I don't see exactly what people are fucking pointing at. Could, it, could Adam Cole use a little bit more muscle? Yes. But he was never an overly big guy. Preston Vance was a lot bigger than Adam Cole, but Adam Cole is getting the World Championship match at Revolution. Number 10 is not. So we lowered the boom on Preston Vance in what I thought was a good match. I'd like to see more of Preston Vance. I really would. I really would like to see more of number 10. So number 10 countered the Panama Sunrise into a backdrop, followed that up with a discus lariat. This lariat was scary as fuck, man. Adam Cole legitimately landed on his fucking neck off this lariat. I hope he is okay. We didn't hear any news coming out of the show, so I'm hoping he's okay. But that lariat looked fucking wicked, man. So, Cole went for Panama Sunrise. This is the second time he went for Panama Sunrise. The first time he went for it, number 10 countered into a back body drop that followed with his This Is Lariat. So, he went for Panama Sunrise the second time, but this time number 10 countered with a spear he went for a cover, he got a two count. Uh, number 10 got a full Nelson locked in. Cole backed him up into the corner, which Aubrey Edwards was a part of. They squished Aubrey Edwards in the corner, and she did not see it. But Adam Cole in this full Nelson gave number 10 a shot below the belt. So he gave him a low blow, and that was obviously leading up to the lower the boom couple of super kicks, he lowered the boom, he got the pin one two three, and that was it for Adam Cole. After the match, Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish came out to congratulate Adam Cole on the ring ramp. Tony Khan announced Adam Cole versus Adam Page for the AEW World Championship at Revolution. Should be a fantastic main event match. Will Hobbs, he defeated Dante Martin in a face of the Revolution ladder match. This is a qualifying match. Uh, this is this was fun. In fact, I would actually say this was better than the Adam Cole Preston Vance match. Will Hobbs is somebody that you watch weekly, and he's getting better. He's getting better week by week, and it's a beautiful thing to see. He's mastered that spine buster. Another thing about Will Hobbs, he's not doing too much. I'm watching Will Ho- Hobbs with a microscope. And I got his performances under the microscope. He's slowing it down. He's using his, his power and his strength, and he's not doing too much. He makes everything look physically impressive. Dante Martin was a good match here. Yeah, this is the David versus Goliath match. Dante Martin flying all over the place. Fucking Topecon heroes and tornadoes to the outside. He's doing fucking everything you could possibly think of to get the aerial offense to work against Will Hobbs. But it was too much... Will Hobbs was just too much, man. I am glad that they finally gave a victory here to Will Hobbs, and he advanced to the ladder match. This was excellent. There was one part in the match, Will Hobbs, and I knew he was winning just from this spot. Him and Dante mimicked what Keith Lee and Isaiah Cassidy did with that viral gif that went all over Twitter where Keith Lee launched Isaiah Cassidy in his debut match last week on Dynamite. Will Hobbs did the same thing to Dante Martin. Dante Martin sold the shit out of it for Will Hobbs, man. So they did exactly that. I'm looking at that. I'm like, Will Hobbs has to win this match. Just based off that spot. So they mimicked the Keith Lee spot. Excalibur noted that Wardlow did the same thing in his qualifying match. I I did not see that. So it's going to be interesting, man. They're building something out of this, tossing all these little guys uh, across the ring. I wonder who's going to be tossed. In that ladder match with this big, muscle, meaty fucking ladder match that we're getting. It's going to be great. So Hobbs went for a torture rack, and Martin fought out of it. He started to make a comeback. He had a springboard uppercut, then a springboard diving move to the outside, and a dropkick from the top rope, which looked great. But Hobbs, uh, Hobbs hit a big spine buster, man. Will Hobbs has the best spine buster in all of pro wrestling right now, man. That little delay, that little hesitation before he drops him back first on the mat, absolutely fucking brutal, man. It looks so good, and he actually won with the spine bust. That should be his new finishing move. Honestly, the way he delivers it, it is absolutely a finishing move. Will Hobbs wins, he advanced. Now we got Wardlow, Will Hobbs, and Keith Lee in this Face of the Revolution ladder match. I'm assuming three more men will qualify Who will it be? Will it be Lance Archer? Maybe Lance Archer gets in there. Maybe we see Brian Cage in that ladder match. Imagine that. I wonder what Tony Khan's mentality is for this ladder match. You would think somebody like Dante Martin would get into the ladder match because of how great he is and and he's just a high flyer, right? But they're building this ladder match with big, meaty guys. Who's next? Who is next in this ladder match? It's going to be really fun to see come Revolution. But I'm glad Will Hobbs got the victory. Jake Cargill had an interview backstage, and this was broken up by Matt Hardy. I can't wait for Matt Hardy to drop the Hardy family office. I can't wait. It's so garbage. He interrupts Jake Cargill. Cargill's wearing this silver bodysuit with fucking dollar signs all over it. Very cheesy. So she had green hair as well that matched the outfit. The green hair I right in mind. The outfit where she's uh, wearing money signs all over her. Kind of lame. She told Big Money Matt that she smells like money. Hardy says, you know what really is money? You know what would be money, Jade? You defending that title next week on Dynamite against the Bunny. I don't think there's anybody watching ro- pro wrestling, let alone AEW, that would say the Bunny versus Jade Cargill is a money match. This is TV time that should be dedicated to somebody else, not the fucking bunny. Serena Deeb defeated a jobber called Angelica Risk in five minutes. This was a five, actually less than five minutes. It was uh, two minutes. We got the five-minute rookie challenge. Serena Deeb wins here with a Serenity lock, and that was it. This is clearly, clearly being set up for somebody to come out and challenge Serena Deeb and beat her at the five-minute challenge. And I know it's going to be an ex-WWE superstar. Who is it going to be? Is it going to be Mia Yim? Is it going to be Tony Storm? Is it going to be Tegan Knox? Maybe Taya Valkyrie? Maybe it is... Maybe it is Ember Moon. Maybe it's Athena. I have no idea. Athena versus Serena Deeb? Take my money. I think Serena Deeb is going to win the Owen Cup. The female Owen Cup is Serena Deeb's. If she doesn't win it, I'd be shocked. I think we get Ember Moon to challenge Serena Deeb here in the rookie five-minute challenge, though she's not really a rookie. She's going to surprise her with a victory. But I do think this is leading to somebody like that or somebody coming in and beating Serena Deeb in this Serena Deeb professor five-minute rookie challenge. Jay White, he defeated Trent Barretta, In the main event of this show, which I thought was a very good match, a lot of people were raving about Jay White. You know, I'll be honest with you, man. I said this once before. I was not a fan of Jay White. I don't know when the last time I actually watched Jay White was. It might have been back a couple years ago. I think he might have wrestled Okada or or Kenny Omega or somebody that I didn't really give a shit about. It might have been Tanahashi. I don't know who the fuck it was. Tanahashi. Might have been one of those guys. I wasn't all that excited about what I saw. But then I I started to do some research on him. I looked him up a little bit. I watched some matches on the indie scene that he did uh, within the year. Love his look. I love his promo. I love his presence. He's an incredible professional wrestler. I'm saying to myself, you know, it's great to see Jay White on AEW television. He's a main event guy. How many people know of Jay White? Probably not many. But if Jay White, I'm thinking, I'm thinking this to myself, imagine if we still had the old NXT, the way it was run by Triple H, and, and was still the NXT that we loved back in 2018, 2019, right? Imagine Triple H still in charge. Imagine Jay White now being a free agent and Triple H courting Jay White, bringing Jay White in to NXT building NXT around Jay White, giving Jay White all the top spots in NXT, giving him the NXT championship, getting Jay White ready at a WWE superstar level for the company to build its future around Jay White. Imagine that. I'm sure Triple H would love to have Jay White in WWE. Then you look at what WWE is doing now with their hiring process. They're not looking at guys like Jay White. They're not looking at the indie guys They set up the NIL program to take failed athletes out of college or failed professional sports players in other sports leagues, cheerleaders, WNBA, lacrosse, college football, pro wrestling, Olympic pro wrestling in the Olympics, right? They're taking all these different people who may or may not have the heart to do it. It will take years to fully develop them, get them a character, get them ready for TV, get them in-ring ready. Imagine WWE having the opportunity to sign Jay White and they don't based off their hiring criteria now. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine Jay White being a free agent and they're not being brought into WWE because of their hiring process? Un- I- it's-, it's unbelievable to me. It's fucking ridiculous to even think that. WWE would never bring in Jay White. What the fuck are they going to do with Jay White? He's better than everybody as far as an in-ring aspect in that company. What are they going to do? They're going to take half his fucking moveset away from him, not have him cut a promo from the hip, right? Take the Bullet Club shit away from him. Jay White. They'll give him some fucking cheesy moniker. They'll, They'll get rid of Switchblade. They'll probably fucking make him a... Spokesman for Gillette razors, Switchblade. Yeah, try our new razor with this lubricating aloe strip, right? Just like they made Finn Balor a fucking underwear, walking toothpaste ad. WWE hiring Jay White would be a joke. Not Triple H. The fuck would they do with him? It's unbelievable. Jay White beats Trent after that, uh, Rant. I don't know why I was thinking this during this, during this match with Trent Barretta. This was a very good match. He was being beaten down with Trent. Trent started to fight back. White went into the middle turnbuckle off of an Irish whip. White rolled out of the ring. Trent hit a springboard moonsault to the outside. He landed really hard, really hard. He actually took the brunt of that. And he landed on that one, got back up, got into the ring. White hit a flatliner, deadlift German for a two. Trent then got a two count off of a tornado DDT. Match went to the outside again. Trent went for a spear, but White counted with a knee to his face. White then superplexed him, or suplexed him rather, onto a chair. And then on the barricade, he then brought him back into the ring, hit a urinagi, went for a cover, got a two count. Trent fought back with a body drop, hit a half Nelson suplex, a running knee. He, he went for a near fall, got a two. He then went for strong zero, but White fought out of it. They exchanged elbow strikes in the middle of the ring. Trent took him down with a big clothesline. driver went for strong zero again, but White countered into the Blade Runner. And that was enough for the pin. After the match, White stood over Trent in victory. And Orange Cassidy exchanged some glances with his glasses on over towards Jay White. Maybe setting up something in the future for Orange Cassidy to wrestle Jay White. Rampage was fun tonight. I'll tell you this, man. Rampage, I don't know how many of you people actually knew Rampage was on at 7 p.m. tonight. It was not on at 10 p.m. Rampage was on at 7 p.m. tonight. I'm going to tell you this right now. I I hope to God, somebody in TNT or somebody in in management over in TNT or Tony Khan, Dynamite is fine on TBS at 8, Wednesdays. Rampage on Friday needs to be at 7 p.m. It needs to be at 7 p.m. I enjoyed the show so much more at 7 p.m. than watching two hours of fucking SmackDown and then going into a one-hour Rampage where I'm just mentally and physically fucking exhausted from two hours of fucking pure shit from SmackDown. I enjoyed Rampage at 7 p.m. as a lead-in to SmackDown so much more than SmackDown leading into Rampage. It needs to be at 7 p.m. from now on. I wish that they would make it the true B show and really make it something where it is their version of SmackDown. Whether it's a Tuesday night, a Thursday night, a Friday night, Saturday, something. They got to start building Rampage to be more than just the one hour show. But if you're going to do the one hour, I need to see it at 7. It is perfect at 7 p.m. You know what else is perfect? You guys. 1,000 likes. We hit the 1,000 likes and I appreciate you guys very much, man. Continue to get those Super Chats in. We're going to hang out in just a little bit. Continue to hit that Join button as well. Become a VIP right here on Off The Script. Hit that Subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for all notifications. And make sure you guys go and check out all the other videos and podcasts on the channel. We got episode 412. No, 413, 414, and 415 in this week alone. So go check that stuff out on the homepage. And all the other live streams that you might have missed on Monday. I was live for Raw. Tuesday, NXT Vengeance Day. Wednesday, Dynamite. Live tonight for SmackDown. And I'll be live tomorrow afternoon, probably around 4 p.m. for the Elimination Chamber live stream post show right here on Off The Script. And once again, thank you to my great sponsor tonight in Manscaped. Guys, go check out Manscaped. Go check out all their new product. I'll be doing an unboxing in the weeks to come of their new stuff. Manscaped.com Use that code SCRIPT20 at checkout for 20% off and that free shipping on me. As always, Manscaped.com Let's get into the Super Chats. D. Bastardo with a $2 Super Chat. PC closed till Tuesday. Sports is BS or Sports Illustrated is BS stay strong why is the PC closed uh, till Tuesday and 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 D Bestardo will know because he knows some peeps he knows some peeps so if D Bestardo was saying the PC is closed till Tuesday I don't know or maybe closed because Cody's coming in they want to keep it a secret and they're going to film everything at the PC I have no idea Again, we don't know We don't know We got a 50 Super Chat $50 Super Chat from Real Metal and Horror Fan 21 He then follows it up with another 20 and another 5 $75 in Super Chat from Real Metal and Horror Fan 21 Thank you, brother Been a huge fan of OTS for years all I gotta say is WWE is trash and I don't watch it, but rarely. I was gonna ask if you could play The Walking Dead A New Frontier. Brother, it's gonna be it's gonna be a difficult time for me to play anything, man. I may be I may be doing nothing but Destiny. Destiny 2, man. The Witch Queen's coming out. Destiny's is my favorite game. I play it recreationally every day. I play with my guys. We got a raid team. I was on it all day today, grinding the fucking Grandmaster Nightfall to go get myself a goddamn scout rifle that I don't have yet. It's going to be tough, bro. Witch Queen comes out on Tuesday. I'll be all over that shit. I always look forward to the videos you drop. If I can't catch it live, I listen while at work. Helps me get through the shitty day. Really hope to meet you one day, even though I'm from South Carolina. I hate this place. New York one day. And I'm drinking a PB whiskey, by the way. Thank you, brother. I really appreciate you, man. I thank you for the kind words. And I'm glad I could help you get through your days at work, man. Make them less shittier. And peanut butter whiskey sounds pretty damn good right now, man. Jake Coyle with a UK fight out super chat. They keep the title on Nakamura for months without defending it. Just to lose it in his first defense back, a tournament could have been so beneficial. WWE doesn't have a fucking clue what to do with that IC title, bro. wood with a $2 super chat. Can we rename February as fuck Bill Goldberg month? Yes. Let's start the petition now. Fuck Bill Goldberg. Ricardo Linnell with a $2 super chat. Hickory dickory Doc. Fuck Bill Goldberg. Your girlfriend is sucking my cock. The clock struck two. I dropped my goo. I dropped the bitch off on the next block. Oh! Good old dice. Tony Brown with a $4.99 Super Chat. Damn, I miss Rampage. Naomi's booty meat. Yes, Tony Brown. You're talking about booty meat. You got to always include Naomi. Thank you, Tony Brown. Hopefully you're doing well, brother. Michelle Moran with a $10 super chat. Goldberg was quoted as saying, I will stick around longer if I beat Roman at Elimination Chamber. It made me ill. because I know, Vincent Kennedy McMahon is stupid enough to put the belt on him just to keep him around. I say, fuck Bill Goldberg. I think everybody that's worried about Goldberg beating Roman, I don't think Roman would ever agree to that. Roman has as much say as anybody in creative about what happens then. I don't think Bill Goldberg is winning, but I would not be surprised if WWE did try and shock us with Bill Goldberg beating Roman Reigns tomorrow. Ricardo little with the $2 Super Chat. A, B, C, D, E, F, fuck Bill Goldberg. Everybody says fuck Bill Goldberg tonight. Carlos Ortiz with a 199 super chat. Fuck Bill Goldberg. I didn't know you guys hated as uh, I didn't know you guys hated Bill Goldberg as much as I did. Crazy. Tree blind mice. Where the fuck are they going? Oh! Tony Brown with a 4 dollars super chat. Fuck Bill Goldberg, Naomi Booty Meat Queen. Oh, yeah, I just read that one. I'm sorry, Tony Brown. Akachi Ra with a six month membership. I feel really scared for wrestling fans. Goldberg is Superman at super shows. He can win and become your new head of the table. Get ready to rage. Bro, I don't think I have uh, the energy to rage at all. Also, imagine head of the table, Goldberg versus Omos at WrestleMania. Jesus fucking Christ. What the fuck are you thinking about, bro? You high? You drinking a little bit too much in the venue tonight, bro? Who the fuck is serving you? Holy shit. Tommy Branigan with a $5 super chat. Love your intro for tonight's show. JD, you're the best in the IWC OTS for life. Thank you, Tommy. My intro is always good. My intro is the same thing every night. Well, what we made it different tonight, or better tonight than it was last night? Raging girl, gamble with a nine ninety nine super jet. SmackDown was great, especially the Goldberg segment. I mean, it's no way Roman Reigns is gonna beat him after that. I just can't see it. Rage is rage is clearly drunk. You know, I sent Rage a fucking T-shirt and a goddamn hat, and this is what she does in the venue. You fucking kidding me? Jesus Christ, Jesse! Well, I told you, man. Two drink minimum for her. The fuck are you doing? Coming up with different taco recipes. I see you, fucking geek. One week it's pork. One week it's chicken. One week it's fucking skirt steak. I'm gonna, I'm gonna dump you. This fucking guy. Haley Lucas with a $10 super chat. Hey, Jay, just wanted to say I watched the Will Ospreay vs. Amazing Red match from House of Glory. And also, you and Jason are great on commentary. Haley, we know. I called the shit out of that match with Jason, but the commentary on Fight TV's and sucked because my commentary kept breaking up because their microphones are pure shit. I had to bring my my podcast setup to the fucking recent shows because god forbid we get some good audio. You sent her a shirt and a hat, but it was my fucking birthday. Bro, listen, when I come see you I'll bring you a fucking hat, bro. Stop crying. She's going to a WWE show, Jesse. She wants to wear the fucking hat to a WWE show. Do you fucking mind? I'll give you a fucking hat. Christian with an i Super Chat. Spring training is not starting until March 5th now. I don't think baseball season is going to get started at all. Ricardo Linnell with a $5 Super Chat. This is a public service announcement. Fuck Bill Goldberg. Everybody hates Bill Goldberg tonight, man. I could see why. Ryan Bodice with a Canadian $5 Super Chat. Have you seen the WWE 2K22 ratings yet? They rated Dominic Mysterio higher than Chad Gable. Might have to pass. Great show as always, JD. Hashtag OTS for life. Bro, well, the people who run WWE 2K are a fucking bunch of fools. I doubt they even watch the goddamn show. On what planet would Dominic Mysterio be higher than Shaggy? I-, I would love to know how they come up with their ratings. If you're one of these people that argue amongst each other over Bianca Belair getting an 89 rating or a fucking Xavier Woods getting, getting an 88 rating, you need to put that energy towards something a little bit more important in your life, man. Like getting pussy. It's a fucking rating, which you can change within the game. You can make anybody you want a 99, yet you're complaining about it on a public forum. Rose, I know, this is a Ross. Sorry, Ross. Ross 51 with a 199 super chat. WWE Smackdown put me to sleep. I'm not surprised. It's Bruce Pritchard, Terry Allen with a 499 Superjet. I was at the Dynamite in Nashville. The crowd was crazy all night. From dark till the end of Rampage. i would never seen a two-hour WWE show with fans that loud. WWE fans are fucking mindless zombies. That's why. dev to dust becomes a new member. Thank you, Dev. What are you drinking, brother? Haley Lucas with a $5 super chat. How Issa likes Roman Reigns this is how I like Jay White. I'll tell you what, man. Jay White is a handsome fella. I will say that. Confident in myself, man. Jay White is a handsome fella. Ricardo Linnell with a $5 super chat. I'd gladly take three more New Day title runs in order for Bill Goldberg to be canceled instead. Fuck Bill Goldberg. Ricardo, man, I don't know what you got against Bill Goldberg, but fuck him. Dev 2 Dust with a $2 super chat. Pulp Fiction or Goodfellas? Goodfellas, no question. Saints 2025 with a $4.99 super chat. I'm not going to watch tomorrow because they are going to have Roman drop the belt to Goldberg, and that sounds just awful. Saints, they're not having Roman drop the belt. Come on now. It is... Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar, title versus title at WrestleMania. Super Demonic becomes a new member. Thank you, bro. I timed you out because you fucking complained about my 15-minute intro. Nobody complains about the Stang, bro. Otherwise, you get dumped from the venue. Thank you. What are you drinking? I recommend the peanut butter whiskey, man. That's everybody's favorite introductory drink in the venue. Rich Gamble with a 999 Super Chat. Missed Rampage. Hate that. Yes, it was on at 7 p.m., Rich. Miss SmackDown could care less, to be honest. Saw ending of NXT Level Up. Wrong person, one in my opinion, but whatever. What are you drinking tonight? Sipping on PB Whiskey right now. Uh, Yeah, did anybody watch that NXT Level Up tonight on Peacock at 10 p.m.? Who's the lead commentator on that show? Who's doing the commentary duties on Level Up? And what's the vibe of the show? What's the colors of the show? Is it like NXT? Colorful and fruity? Christian with a 999 super chat. Nobody wants Goldberg to win tomorrow. Christian, you are correct. Ricardo Linnell with a $2 super chat. WWE equals premium live boredom. Fuck Bill Goldberg. Nobody watched NXT level up, huh? Nigel? NXT level what? Yes, NXT has a second show now. Nobody's watching Level Up. Okay. Hey, Christopher Hinka. Suck my dick, bro. Stop giving this jabroni money for Super Chats. Who the fuck are you to come into my venue and tell my fans what they can do with their fucking money? You jealous, bro? You jealous that I got more fucking talent in the tip of my cock than you do in your entire body? If it's so fucking easy, bro, why don't you go and buy yourself a fancy-looking, sexy, Earthworks ethos microphone and get yourself a nice pair of headphones and get yourself some fucking graphics that cost a hell of a lot more than what you probably make in one single year. Why don't you go and make your own show and show how everybody how it's done, bro? Oh, that's right, you can't. And now you won't be able to chat here because you're a fucking low-life loser who just got himself benched by one of my mods. Cry me a river, bro. Cry me a river. I'll take some of this Super Chat money and go to fucking Stop and Shop and buy you some Kleenex. Two for four. How about that? How about that, bro? Huh? The fuck out of my venue. Christian with a nine nineteen ninety nine super chat. I'm not going to watch Elimination Chamber tomorrow. Don't worry, I got you covered. You watch me. It's all that matters. Christian with a four ninety nine super chat. WWE so boring, and I would never like Humberto Carrillo or Angel Garza. I like him. Angel Garza is following me on Twitter, man. I don't know what I did to deserve Angel's follow, but I think Angel Garza is great. I see you, Hodge. Uh, Undertaker. How would you like to induct me? I don't know, man. Maybe we got to get Brock Lesnar back in the chat to induct me. Christian with a 9.99 times two. Why is WWE so lame and stupid? I don't know, man. It's run by 76-year-old Vince McMahon and ball gargler Bruce Pritchard. What do you expect? the professional gamer with a 2 dollar super chat who should face priest for the us title at manny austin theory oos smith for the 5 dollar super chat i swear i hope goldberg wins and the fans don't give him wrestlemania 20 like reaction or worse i really will hate wwe fans but if he even wins i'm done oos goldberg is not winning bro don't worry Captain Solo at a $5 Super Chat. Any chance Cody Rhodes shows up in Saudi Arabia? No. Keep up the good work. Everybody needs to acknowledge you as their IWC tribal chief. The only people that don't acknowledge me, Captain Solo, are the fucking geeks that hide behind fake profile pictures, uh, profile pictures, and they continue to talk shit about me, even though I'm right. Anthony, with a $20 in Canadian. Your intro about Denise Salcedo was absolutely epic. She is terrible. JD equals king of IWC, but you already know that. Also, I'm hoping that Bryant Cage signs with WWE when his contract runs out. Listen, man. Yeah, Denise does her thing, man. Is she entertaining? No. Am I more entertaining? Absolutely. but she's got her thing she's got her fans right she's got her uh, her simps <laughs> subscribers it's alright it is what it is man there's, there's plenty at the table here in the IWC but too bad for everybody that I'm at the fucking head of it I'll give you something to eat don't worry what do you want Another glass of wine? I'll get you another glass of wine. Don't worry about it. I'll keep you guys happy. But I'm at the head. Always. Christian with a 9.99 chat. Nine, WWE would never be like AEW. WWE's got their own problems, man. Never mind being like AEW. VC Stallion with a 4.99 chat. If Cody goes to WWE, do you see him winning a world title? No. And Wrestling Otaku is the poster boy for Reddit based on your description. JD is great. He's probably watching the show right now, man, waiting me, to, waiting for me to say something about him. But you know what? I'm not. I don't need him using me in the title of another video telling me how wrong I am and how I'm a cancer of the community, man. That's good for you. Go watch your anime and, and go, uh, go uh, review that, bro, while you wear your sunglasses indoors. Happy video making. Deb to Dust with a $2 Super Chat. Aliens or Terminator 2 Judgment Day? Ooh. Gonna go Aliens. Gonna go Aliens, man. Aliens is my, uh, one of my favorite movie franchises. Those first two movies, man. Incredible. Terminator 2 probably is one of my favorite movies of all time as well. That's a good one. Christian with a 999 Super Chat. I'm the Braves and MLB The Show 21 on PS4 then Christian, in my eyes, that makes you a winner. VC Stallion with a 4.99 Super Chat. If this Cody thing is at work, it could be the greatest AEW storyline and the storyline thing that wrestling needs right now for overall ratings and attention. Could be. But is it? No. I think it is over. Cody's in WWE. Tyrek Jackson with a $5 Super Chat. New report from Dave Meltzer is that Nia Jax may be making a return tomorrow. Where the fuck did you hear that? And why would she be making a return in Saudi Arabia? Christian with a one ninety nine super chat. Thank you, bro. Brandon James Shea with a $3 super chat. Fuck, fuck, fuck. Bill Goldberg, he says. Tyrek Jackson with a $5 super chat do the I ah, love you, Bruce DC Stallion where well, they one night, they not super chat Goldberg Austin Universal title I hope not LOL no come on man what, what are we what are we fantasy booking here bro Captain Solo with a $2 super chat. Goldberg is washed like laundry. Ricardo Linnell with a $10 super chat. There are three things certain in the IWC. Number one, OTS is number one when the venue is open. Geeks and Virgins will shill for the WWE, and I'm done with Roman if. I'm done with WWE if Roman loses. Fuck Phil Goldberg. Thank you, JD, for the quality reviews. Thank you, Ricardo. Alexis Rodriguez with a $5 Super Chat. Can't believe the IC title went from Brett to Mr. Perfect at SummerSlam to potentially Sammy Vs. Johnny Knoxville or Logan Paul. Tyrick Jackson becomes a four-month member, man. Thank you for the recommitment. Have a good night, he says. Thank you, Tyric. You Have a good night as well, man. And Angel with a $50 in Super Chats. Thank you, Angel. Rampage was really good. WWE would ruin someone like Jay White. They'd probably change his fucking name too and have him shave his fucking beard, man. No one WWE. Fuck them. They don't deserve somebody like Jay White. The Cake with a three-month or 13-month, not three-month, 13-month membership. Thank you, Cake. F... Vinnyisms, F. Bruce, and F. Bill Goldberg. I agree on all three fronts. And Christian with a $50 super chat. Thank you, Christian. You're a fucking beast, bro. Goldberg is not winning nothing. He's too damn old. You would think, Christian. I would not be surprised with these fucking creative geeks, bro. We said that about Bray Wyatt. And look at what happened. He's still dead. He's still somewhere. His remains are still in Saudi Arabia. Captain Solo at a $5 Super Chat. Are you going to play Cyberpunk now that it's fixed? Any new game releases you're looking forward to? Yes. Destiny 2 The Witch Queen. I may, I may, I may check out uh, Forbidden West. I may. I wanted to play Dying Light, but I heard it was very buggy and glitchy. And Marcus Gunn with Two Dollar Super Chat JD. Appreciate everything you do, bro. Thank you, Marcus Gunn. I appreciate you being in the venue, bro. I appreciate you being in the venue as always, man. We're about to get the hell out of here. Soon as you have your pilot, come on, man. It's about time I get the hell out of here, get in the Mustang, and drive home, bro. I appreciate you guys very much, man. Thank you for all the love this week. You guys are making February the biggest month in Off the Script history this February it's awesome continue to follow me on social media guys at JD from NY206 that's Twitter and Instagram hit that subscribe button down below turn on the bell for notifications continue to hit that like button thumbs it up we're over 1100 I appreciate you guys very much make sure you guys go and check out all the other videos that you might have missed on the channel And remember, Manscaped, guys. Go check out Manscaped. Manscaped Manscaped.com. Use code SCRIPT20 at checkout to get yourself their new Ultra Performance Premium Package and save some money, man. 20% off and that free shipping. Also, I will be live tomorrow afternoon after the Elimination Chamber pay-per-view. We'll be back in the venue doing our thing better than anybody, man. But you guys know what time it is, man. I got to get the hell out of here. I want to roll these windows up. I need two things before that happens. Number one, I need those guitar emojis in my live stream chat right now. My VIPs, I need those Mustang emojis if you got them. And number two, when you hear that guitar solo, I need that music on Max. I'll see you guys tomorrow for The Chamber. We'll be live. Until then, guys, have a good night, and I'll see you tomorrow live on Off The Script.